Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the 711. Back with some more Women's History Month facts. Let's go. A brief history of International Women's Day. International Women's Day wasn't always celebrated on March 8th. The story goes that 50,000 women garment workers in New York City held a strike in 1908 demanding better working conditions and the right to vote. A year later, the Socialist Party of America officially declared the first National Women's Day on February 28th. That's the day it was celebrated across the U.S. for several years. In 1910, at an international conference for working women in Denmark, German activist Clara Zetkin suggested the idea of an International Women's Day, a day every year that every country could celebrate and when women around the world could push for their demands. Her suggestion was met with unanimous support by those present, over 100 women from 17 countries. That's how International Women's Day officially came to be. But there was still not one date agreed upon. In 1911, Austria, Denmark, Germany, and Switzerland held rallies on March 19. In 1913, Russian women held their first International Women's Day celebration on March 8, campaigning for peace before World War I. On the same day in 1917, Russian women again held a strike called Bread and Peace in response to the over 2 million Russian soldiers who died in the war. Four days later, a major win. The Tsar advocated that the provisional government gave women the right to vote. In 1975, the United Nations formally sponsored March 8th as International Women's Day, the day we now celebrate globally to recognize how much women have accomplished in our struggle for equality and how much farther we have left to go. And then Wow, I'm not gonna lie, that was a lot right there. Did you see how this was going on in the middle of war and all this other stuff? You see how that was going on? And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. It just it kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fight. Oh, my, I peeked on it, but yeah, it kept fighting and fighting and fighting. It's like, you see how and the date has changed so. Yes, it, day, that's how it all came about, you know what I'm saying, the International Women's Day, so, <clears throat> wow, that was some deep facts, I hope y'all learned something out of that, because, man, I, that was a lot, that was way back, that was way before my time, I ain't even gonna lie, but, hey, man, we trying to find some more facts out here, man, for our ladies, man. You know what I'm saying? We trying to find some good videos as well because some some of y'all like that. I know yesterday was some good videos. I ain't gonna lie. Try to find some facts. You know what I'm saying? Alright, let's see. Try to find something else that's good, but you know, we gotta find something good. Gotta find something good. We're looking for the facts. Yeah, we're not looking for the um not looking for the random videos. But uh we can get into another one. We'll see what what's up with this. Okay, that was just music. Okay, I I okay, that that, that that that's one that you know it wasn't a fact. I'm trying to find facts. Hold on, hold on. Alright, I found one. She was a South African social and political activist. She was the first woman from South Africa to be awarded a university degree. 
which she gained from Wilberforce University in Ohio in 1903. So, let's look at her life. Charlotte was born in 1871 and she grew up in Eastern Cape in South Africa. She excelled at school and she was particularly great at Dutch and English, mathematics and music. She also had an excellent singing voice and this earned her a place in the African choir. The African choir comprised 14 young men and women and two boys. You can see Charlotte on the far right there. They toured Britain, America and Canada um, to raise funds for a technical college in South Africa. This choir was incredibly popular and it even performed in front of the royal family. I actually did a post on this just recently. The choir was then abandoned in Ohio and then with the help of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, Charlotte and some of her fellow choir members were able to enrol in the Wilberforce University in Ohio. Charlotte obtained her degree in 1903 and she became, as I mentioned before, the first South African black woman to gain a degree. It was during her university degree that she met her husband, Marshall McKeke. And when Charlotte returned to South Africa in 1903, she dedicated her time to helping um, the lives of other African women. She founded schools for black African children and later became the first African woman to be appointed as a probation officer. She then worked extensively within the South African prison system, helping to rehabilitate women and children. Charlotte's work really was remarkable. She also founded the Bantu Women's League, in which she campaigned for better working conditions for women on farms. She really did campaign tirelessly to help women in Africa. Charlotte's husband predeceased her in 1928, and she later died in 1939. But her legacy was a substantial one. I'm not gonna lie, that, that was a lot of facts. She was even one of the... Uh... First probation, black probation officer, man. Let's give it up to that, man. Let's let's just give it up for that. Let's give it up for our women, man. I'm telling you that that was a that was a powerful story right there. South Africa too, man. South Africa for that one. Um, yeah, we're trying to find some real, real good ones because like some of these are good and some of them are not. So some of them are music based and some of them are not trying to find something that got some facts alright let's see I think we got another one what's good y'all and welcome back to another black ass history fact and happy black women's history month now I have another dope ass fact for you today she was born March 15th 1825 and she's known as a black American novelist also known as the first black American novelist to have a book published in the North American continent now her book was called Our Name or Sketches from a Life of a Free Black now her book was published anonymously in 1859 in Boston Massachusetts so the book wasn't widely known during this time. However, in 1982, scholar Henry Louis Gage Jr., you know, the man who does the Find Your Room show on PBS? Yes, y'all, him. He was able to document this and do some research and everything and did discover that it was the very first novel published in the United States by a black person. 
Now, she was actually born a free person in New Hampshire, and she was only bound to indentured servitude because she was an orphan at a young age. So she was an indentured servant until the age of 18. The idea is that when you're an orphan, uh, the family of wherever you're staying or whatever the case may be will take you in and you work as an indentured servant there. So that's pretty much you paying for your room and board as an orphan, and then they teach you life skills in return. Now, after serving her indentured servitude, life was pretty hard for her after that. She married twice. She unfortunately did lose her son. Her husband ran out on her. She became a widow. Now, despite all of this, she was able to write one novel. And it was this one. So please check it out when you get a chance. Harriet E. Wilson was really amazing, so please, when you get a chance, make sure you look her up and do your own research. There's so much more about her that I didn't tell and go into deeper um, detail about her life. Now, she was also associated with the Spiritualist Church, and she was also paid on the local lecture public circuit. So she would give public lectures about her life and things like that. But she was mainly also known as a clairvoyant physician or a spiritual healer. So definitely look her up. She was very interesting. I hope you love this Black Ass History Fact as much. Man, I tell you, man, that... That was awesome, man. So she was like, she was in her spiritual bag too, though. Like, I was like, oh, okay. And she wrote a novel, and you know, I wrote a novel, the first, you know, first black person to ever write a write a novel in the United States. Shout out to that. <laughs> yeah, shout out to these women, man. All right, we got. It seems like we got some. Got some more, so we're gonna keep on going, man. You know what I'm saying? We're letting the ladies talk in the videos, you know? You feel me? Have you heard of Kathy Williams, the only documented woman and the first African American female to serve in the United States Army, all while posing as a man during the Indian Wars? Yeah, you heard that right. Now, before we begin. Hi, my name is Alexandrina, and I'm a filmmaker, documentarian, and lover of all things history and tea. Today, I'm drinking green tea, so grab your tea and let's get into it. Kathy Williams was born to a free man and an enslaved woman, therefore she was born into slavery in Missouri in 1844. She worked as a house servant at the Johnson Plantation in Missouri until the Civil War broke out. During the war, because she was legally enslaved, she was forced to work as a cook and laundry worker for the Union Army. After the Civil War, Kathy decided to enlist in the United States Army. Because of the prohibition against women serving in the military, she disguised herself as a man and went by the name William Kathy. She was assigned to the 38th U.S. Infantry Regiment, where she passed a medical examination. Now, she might have gotten help in passing that exam by two fellow officers who knew of her secret. One was her cousin and another 
was a friend. She served in the Indian Wars, including the campaigns against the Apache tribes. Kathy became a Buffalo soldier, but around 1868, she contracted smallpox, and due to her illness, she was frequently hospitalized. During one of her visits to the hospital, the post-surgeon discovered that she was a woman and informed the post commander. After finding out she was a woman, Kathy was discharged from the army by her commanding officer, Captain Charles E. Clark, on October 14, 1868. After being discharged, Kathy worked as a cook at Fort Union, New Mexico, and later got married, but it turned sour after her husband stole her money and her horses. Kathy got him arrested and then moved to Colorado. Kathy's health started to decline, and she was diagnosed with several illnesses, including diabetes, in 1892. She applied for a disability pension based on her military service, but was denied, even though there was a precedent for granting pensions to female soldiers, such as Deborah Sampson, who also disguised herself as a man in the Revolutionary War. But because Kathy was black, she was not granted the pension. Sadly, Kathy died shortly after in 1893 in Trinidad, Colorado. And that is the story of Kathy Williams. Today, Kathy is seen as an American hero. Her bravery paved the way for future generations of women to serve in the military. And this Women's History Month, we honor her courage and her legacy. If you're... Hey, man. I'll tell you, man. Wow. Hey. Shout out to the women that's in the army. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to those women. Because, you know, hey, that's a little history lesson. If y'all didn't know, women couldn't fight in the army back then, you know? You know what I'm saying? They couldn't fight back then. You know? They said, no. It's a man's world. It ain't a man's world no more. I, I always say it's a woman's world. And we men just living in it. Y'all heard, heard what I said. Y'all heard what I said. Uh-uh, women, women run this mug. I'm like Beyonce. Run the world, girls. God damn. But that is good, though, that she she beat the odds, man. She paved the way for all these other, you know, female soldiers out there. You know what I'm saying? Women disguising stuff as men, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it paved the way because women couldn't fight. In war, and they paved the way. Then uh, she paved that way for an, so another female to pave the way, and, she, and you know, and, and etc. And then maybe one day, then women could fight in a war, you know. So two women <laughs> fought the way to fight um, in the war, and now we have women today fighting in a war. So they can't say no to a woman now. So. You know what I'm saying? So now you can't really say no because women are fighting war. Shout out to her. We're paving the way for other women. Hey, two women did it. But, hey, she did it first than another woman. So, I mean, it's very great. Um, let's see if there any more. All right, let's get into it. Happy Women's History Month. In fact, let's take a moment to dive into a few facts about this month that celebrates us. So before we had a month, it started out as a week. It was first celebrated in 1978 in Sonoma County, California. And by 1980, President Carter, he passed it as National Women's History Week. 
by 1987, Congress, they ended up recognizing it as Women's History Month. So that's what we have today. So you may be wondering why it's celebrated in the month of March. Good question. It's celebrated in March because of International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And that has actually been observed since the early 1900s. So it was very fitting to put a month to celebrate our history in line with that holiday. And lastly, something that I recently learned that I found really interesting, each year, Women's History Month, it has its own theme. And so this year's theme is celebrating women who tell our stories. And so I was reading this article that I really resonated with, and it was one part that just really jumped out at me. And Sis said in that article, as I remained a woman in Black History Month, Still, I will remain a black person in Women's History Month. So that being said, I'm going to continue to share the stories of black women and to celebrate us. So make sure you're staying plugged in for. All right. So that, you know, some of that was facts that you already know. But it to add on to those facts, to add why is it separated? In March. There you go. You got it. You know what I'm saying? You got it, man. You got it, man. You got All right. There's so many. Not gonna lie. There's so many. Sorry. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, there are so many, like for real, for real. Alright, let's try this one. Welcome back to Broadway Facts Women's History Month Edition. Most of you probably know Edina Menzel from the movie series Enchanted. Others might recall that she is the voice of our very own Ice Queen, Elsa. My introduction to her was as the sultry Maureen in the musical Rent. A role she originated both on and off with Broadway and got her her first Tony nomination as Best uh, Featured Actress in a Musical. Side note, she was also in this with her ex-husband, Tay Diggs, who originated his role as well. She finally won her Tony for Best Actress in a Musical when she took up the role of Alphaba in the musical Wicked. She also has three nominations for the Drama League Awards and four Drama Desk Awards. And in 2019, she was awarded with her Hollywood Star of Fame for her contribution to live theater. Reprising her role of Alphaba in the West End version, she became the highest paid actress in West End theater. Wow, high and paid actress. I didn't know she was the voice of um, Elsa. I'm not even going to lie. I watched, the, I watched Frozen. I watched the Frozen movie, but I never knew who was the voice behind it. That lady right there is man. She had a lot of she had a lot of success going for her though. Take a lie, she had a lot of success. That was good. All right, that was good. We're trying to find one that has facts and not music behind it. Let's go. Today on Broadway Facts Women's History Edition, we are talking about the infamous Julie Andrews. Most people know who Julie Andrews is. She is one of the last surviving leading actresses from the golden age of Hollywood. After all. 
I mean, throughout her seven-decade-long career, she has gotten many awards and accolades, including an Academy Award, a BAFTA Award, two Emmys, three Grammys, six Golden Globes, nominations for three Tonys. She has had an honorary Golden Line with the Kennedy Center in 20. 20- in 2001, the Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award in 07, the AFI Life Achievement Award in 2022, and was made a dame by Queen Elizabeth II for her services to the performing arts in 2000. Of course, there are two roles that are most associated with Miss Andrew. Mary Poppins and Maria Von Trapp, which I did a video on my YouTube about The Sound of Music recently and the real history behind it, if you would like to check that out. That's very nice. <laughs> Yeah, these women have good history. I'm not gonna lie. This, that's what I'm saying. There's so much history to these women. Like, it's just good. It, like, it's just like, wow, I want to, you know, want to learn more. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to these women, man. For real. They got some good history going on. So, check out some more. Happy Women's History Month. Quick little reminder. Women's History Month celebrates cis women, trans women, oh. and all femme folk. Because being a woman is not a monolithic experience, and they are all a part of the woman experience. Hope this helps. Happy Women's History Month. Quick little reminder. I did not mean to play that one, but that was by accident. I didn't expect what that was going to say. We're going to skip that. We're going to act like we didn't hear that one. I don't like billionaires. That's a pretty general rule that I have for the most part. Billionaires do not become billionaires without taking money and profits from the employees that work for them, but this one behind me, Sarah, is an exception to that rule, and she is exceptional in every way. When Blackstone, yes, that Blackstone, bought the majority stake in her company Spanx, making her a billionaire, again, she gifted all 750 of her employees $10,000 in two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world. Musk and Bezos could never, I'm just saying. That's a great story, but the true story of how Spanx got started, how many times Sarah got told no, how many times she failed, is a story that should actually be a movie. She wanted to be a lawyer, like her dad, so she took the LSAT, and she bombed it. So she took an LSAT course, busted her tail, took the LSAT again, and did worse. Felt like such a clown that she actually drove up the street to Disney to try to get a job there playing Goofy. She failed that too. She wasn't tall enough. You have to be 5'8 to play Goofy, and she was 5'6", so they offered her a role as a chipmunk instead. She actually ended up working at Disney for three months, putting people on rides at Epcot. She actually never played the chipmunk before she quit to start selling, I kid you not, fax machines door to door she was great at selling fax machines she actually got promoted to national sales trainer at the age of 25 but that doesn't mean she would get escorted out of buildings by security on a regular basis multiple times a week people would be ripping her business cards up in front of her face she actually credits all that experience for the future success that spanx had he actually wrote in her journal after a really bad day of trying to sell fax machines and i quote i am going to invent a product that i can sell to millions of people that will make them feel good Two years later is when she first cut the feet off of her pantyhose because she was tired of it. She was tired of having to wear pantyhose every day in the hot Florida sun going door-to-door selling fax machines. And that was her aha moment. She then spent the next two years and all $5,000 that she had saved researching and developing her hosiery idea. When it was done, she drove up to North Carolina, apparently that's where all the hosiery mills in America are, to pitch her idea where she was then rejected by every single one of them. That was when she got a phone call from one of the mill operators who had previously rejected her, offering to support her idea because his three daughters loved the concept. And apparently, every single person that worked in those operating mills in a management position was a man. It is embarrassing that there are not or were not more women in those positions because how can you make a good product if you do not actually use it yourself? 
managed a finesse meeting with the representative at Neiman Marcus, where she then put on a live demonstration in front of the representative, literally changing in front of him to show off the product. They agreed to sell her product in several stores, but she was not done. She actually was sending out free products and samples to Oprah. Oprah put Spanx on a list for favorite things, and they did $4 million in sales that year and $10 million the next year. 2001, she signs a contract with Lori Grenier and QVC. In 2012, she's on the cover of Forbes as the world's youngest self-made female billionaire. She has a ton of philanthropy, especially for female entrepreneurs, and I cannot find one skeleton in her closet. She is an icon. Wow, I'm not gonna lie. Dude, that is a lot. If that didn't encourage you, I don't know what will. That woman was a billionaire at a young age, man. Like, hello, somebody. Hey, that woman, that woman had it. She had it all going for herself, man. That's that. Uh, even was on Forbes, and you know, out there with Oprah, and you know, worked with Disney, and from Disney to sell fax machines, and made a career off that, and started to blow up. <laughs> it started to blow up after that, like that. That's what I'm saying, like, ladies, it doesn't matter what type of job that you work. You can blow up like that woman right there in right there. Seriously. It doesn't matter what job that you're working, you can blow up after all of it doesn't matter if you're working at McDonald's, you could blow up from working after McDonald's, you could blow up, you know. You could blow up after working at Publix and Walmart, and you could blow up after all that. So even if you hate your job, ladies, the thing is, you can blow up after that and be a billionaire. You just gotta do what? Trust the process, and it will happen. Manifest that it will happen, and it will happen for you. So that was a good story. I'm gonna end it right there with that one. That was very good. Uh, don't mind that one video we played a while ago. That was by accident. I didn't know what it was going to say, so I played it. But, um, hey. You know, but like I always say, man, make sure you go ahead and hit the play button on Anchor. Go ahead. Well, hold on. Yeah, it's still Anchor, but they call it Spotify for podcasters. So make sure you hit the play button over there. So make sure you hit the play button on Spotify. Go ahead and hit the play button on Fountain Podcast. Go ahead and share. Go share. Go share this show. Go share this to somebody. If they if they don't know anything about women's history, man, go share it to somebody, man. They're doing a very good job. Come on in here. Come on. Follow. Share. We're doing share for share. Once you follow, wherever you listen to this at, once you follow, I need you to go share it to somebody else and tell them, hey, follow the channel, man. It's a very good channel. But like I always say, man, hey, you know, <laughs> so do what you gotta do man and um yeah if you want to be part of the star Trek, all you gotta do is that relevant r e l e v n t a p p to be part of the star Trek, be part of my chat room we already got 27 members if you want to be the 28th member all you gotta do is download the app man yeah man I was checking out other apps just there. I was like, yes. I'm just let one come to me. Uh, I love Relevant, man. Y'all need to get over there, man. Y'all y'all missing the fun. It's a day in the life podcast about me. We just sit there and chill. And we have very supportive people over there. So, 
Speaking of relevant, that just wrong when I said talk, as I'm talking about relevant right now. You know, it's a very good and a very good environment where people support you exponentially. Oh, that man! I'm telling you, man, you'll love it if you go over there. They will support you and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, but like I always say, man, I'll see y'all on the next podcast, man. Y'all stay blessed. Keep your vibrations high. Stay happy, man. I'll see y'all on the next one. Peace.